hey 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 welcome to your friday night session and we have got a very interesting lineup here on the podcast of terry messenger's genius zone because we are going to go really deep with a beautiful woman now she is a shamanic healer she is a high priestess who does uh trauma healing through reiki and can help you to remove soul contracts and actually come in to an unconditional love of yourself and even those who've hurt you now not only is this going to really give you some strong powerful coaching tools to understand what it takes to break cycles when you are repetitively attracting the wrong relationships or if you're really just caught up in that traumatic cycle where you know that you are really just surviving and not really operating in the best way you possibly can. So Felicity Buddick is an author. She has written three books. The one that is current and is in paperback called Pieces of Me is an absolute divine look at her life from trauma to unconditional love and can I just say this that we just had the most intimate talk I even found myself really just coming out with some really personal things about my own life my own marriage and you know I I really do pride myself on going deep with people but when you can look at someone and know because this woman is just such a beauty she is everything she talks about which is that woman of grace you know she is truly beautiful inside and out you know it's hard to believe that not only did she ditch the trauma from her life but when she did in the process she actually let go of something like over a hundred pounds so the transformation has been absolutely phenomenal and i know that this is going to be a podcast for everyone in one way or another but let me tell you if you have struggled a long hard journey and you are ready to step foot on a new path of self reinventation was that a word <laughs> reinvention and rejuvenation and really in a nutshell rebirth this is definitely going to be a great, a great podcast for you to listen and tune into. Now, I will warn you that there is a lot of triggering concepts that may rise up. So we do want to warn you for that. It's not for little ears. 
and what can I say you know get yourself your favorite bevy sit back relax and let's listen to the phenomenal author high priestess and shamanic healer Felicity Buddick and enjoy guys see you soon see you on the other side So Felicity, I am so excited to have you here today. This is amazing. I am thrilled to be a part of your journey, Terry. This is awesome. We finally made this happen. We did. We did. And isn't it interesting how when something powerful is going to land, you have all sorts of interruptions and stresses and challenges that are all part of the upgrade. It's interesting, isn't it? We did. Yes. Terry, Terry and I have had nothing but one hiccup after another trying to connect for the past three months. I think it's been. And yeah, and, you, and your journey, my gosh, Felicity, I mean, you've been in hospital, you've had so much happen. She's been through hell and back. Mm-hmm. And we're going to just, I mean, look at you. You're just so beautiful. You, you are everything you talk about in, you know, this woman of grace. And I know that you talk about you are channeling and receiving through Lady Diana, Princess Diana. And I, I truly, I truly believe this because if she's your archetype and look, honestly, you are, you just have so much poise, beauty. And I know uh, a lot of our listeners can't see you, um, but that's okay. Take it from me. This is, a, this is a beauty inside and out. So thank you so much, Felicity, for being on the show. Whereabouts are you? I'm in Chicago. So it's actually 9.14 p.m. my time. Wow. 10.14 a.m. my time. So there you go. I remember when I was a little girl, have you ever heard that song, Chicago, the night Chicago died? I can't remember the words, but I remember it was a really catchy catchy song but I'm really showing my age but you probably heard it because you live in Chicago Born and I heard oh it's coming back now <laughs> okay so look Felicity you know you are a you know a shaman woman you are what I call a high priestess and I know that that hasn't happened for nothing because I'm a great believer, being that this is Terry Messenger's genius zone, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, things happen to us and some people stay stuck and whilst others, they go through a phenomenal transformation, which is really, you know, what's happened to you. And, you know, can I get you to kind of describe in third party I'm going to get you to do this because I want you to really speak into the the heart and soul of the people that really are praying to listen to this right now so what is she what has she gone through what are some of the real hurdles that she has had to go through in her life oh my goodness she has had to overcome 
so much emotional and mental and physical abuse her whole entire life up until her 40s and i'm 47 next year so what wow you only look 37 <laughs> maybe younger <laughs> and what's the beauty in all of that and the message that she can give to others is that if we can find the beauty and grace in our pain, that's where the metamorphosis begins. It's like the butterfly. I see the cocoon. Um, mm. I've had to heal from so much abuse from being a child up until um, my marriage, my first marriage with my ex-husband who was an abusive alcoholic. I didn't mm. think. Uh, she, was he you know, physic, Was that physical abuse, Felicity, or just uh, was it me mental abuse? So towards the end, it was becoming physical. It was definitely mental, emotional, and financial. So I wasn't able to have control, or she wasn't able to have control of of the finances. But she managed to tap into what did we call it? Our life source, and that sits in our solar plexus. And she tapped into her life source and started to grow it and grow that confidence and grow that I can do this. I do desire more. I am worth more. She started to do that. And then by the courage and grace of God, she left in the middle of a snowstorm with a seven-year-old son and $45 to her name after she paid movers to move a couple pieces of furniture. Wow. So did you just uh, suddenly get up and take off? Did you actually say anything to him? He did not know. This was a planned thing. I planned it. I, I had a home that I found that I could rent and had saved money for on a, working two multiple jobs because that's just what we do. Whether there's a will, there's yeah. a way. I mean, psychologists say that women do when they leave and they've made their mind up, they've planned it, they've mapped it out. And, you know, while they're living inside the, you know, the the whatever movie it is, a horror movie or, you know, just that place of despair, they're, you know, they're, they're in it, they're immersed in it and they're suffering. They're, it's coming out in, um, you know, depression. It's coming out in low self-esteem. It's 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 really, it's eating them. It's it's like a slow, painful death when, you know, you're in that, you know, if you're in that place where you know you really shouldn't be, and yet so many people are in fear of stepping out. Whether it is in, you know, that's a horror movie in your job because it doesn't mm -hmm. have to necessarily be about your life partner i mean in any kind of way in your life you know when you're living through that horror movie it's like your soul is going through a slow death and you know i always say that you know it's we tend to want to stay where we are because it seems to be the most familiar place which is what you know is supposed to be comfortable but you know they say that when that person makes a decision whether it's in there to leave their marriage or to leave their job or to leave that relationship they may have had with a friend 
you know, dep- you know, it, the deeper it runs, the more plan that's gone into it. And they say, you know, uh, once the, the plan is 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 in place, there's a, a relief, even while the person's still living in the horror movie, because there's a there's that uh, element inside their mind that's going seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So tell us what what happened there. So, you know, what what was the last resort where you hit the wall and you just went, no, I can't do this anymore? When he was having an affair with the neighbor across the street, she was a single mom with three kids and I had welcomed her into my home numerous times. And it was a very blatant, open affair. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. And when you say a blatant open affair, can you just explain what you mean? uh, Yeah, he did not come home one night and she pulled up about seven 15 the next morning dropped him off and she pulled in her driveway and I was like it's time it's time it's time and I had already had the house I had already been putting stuff aside but it was time so I told my siblings this is the day I'm going to do it my sister took my son he did not know but part of all this, and then I want to touch on something else that you kind of mentioned, because I think it's very important for your audience to know when it comes to trauma and being stuck. But when you are leaving your abuser, you do have that moment of peace. But for a lot of us, that's where the real fear can set in because they go wild. Yes. And I couldn't tell him where I was living. I couldn't tell him And then the one day I see him standing outside my picture window and it was just so frightening. Oh my gosh. Yes. How (laughs) did the horror movie seeing that? It is. Yes. And, and, you know, this is a trigger warning because it's a sensitive topic for a lot of people. And I didn't understand. I'm like, how did he find out? And I called the owner of the home and he came over right away and told, and, you, you have to go. You are trespassing. And then from that point forward, I had to get an order of protection and um, just make sure that everything was safe. I'm not to be left alone with him or in a room with him. He most recently, up to two years ago, tried to attack me in front of a cop. Oh, wow. So yeah. They want you dead. They want you dead. And I'm being, and I, this is a trigger warning and I'm telling you it's full force. He lunged at me. And I mean, was he, was he like on the surface? Cause obviously you fell in love with him and you know, or maybe you didn't, I don't know. Maybe he had something else, but when you met, what was it like? Like, how did this person present? Or, you know, can you, because I think people need to kind of understand this as well, you know. I mean, I've just, uh, I've been talking with someone very close to me about someone that, you know, she'd met. And on the surface, it just seemed brilliant. You know, he had a good, stable job. Uh, you know, he was handsome. Um, you know, everything seemed, you know, to look just fine. And of course, in the beginning of a relationship, you've always got that chemistry that's just zooming through your body. 
And so the chemistry was really lit on fire. But then there was all these things that she would say to me where he was putting himself up and putting her down. And, you know, I started hearing alarm bells. And then it was, you know, really putting her down and really, you know, he seemed to bring himself up and really uh, say some things that put him into that word of what everybody talks about today, which is yeah. the narcissist. Yeah. Um, but that happened very quickly and I said to her, I think you dodged a bullet. I feel like this is really good that you saw this coming so quickly and you didn't fall into that trap because what is it like I have actually coached a lot of women who've been inside these kinds of relationships and they say they're going to leave and they never do. They, they tear it out of you. And so it's all smoke and mirrors up front and the chemistry usually is on fire. But you do see red flags and I explain that in my book. You see red flags, but you choose to not see them. You have to think, Terry, I didn't have anybody teach me what an expectation was of what a significant other man or a partner should be like with me. I saw my father try to kill my mom at the age of 10. Wow. And yeah, I was going to touch on that. So, you know, I, you know, I've already had this discussion with you about whatever happens in your younger years, especially formative years, you tend to latch on as a pattern mm -hmm. and the pattern has that trigger mode in you, but it seems to constantly attract the same kind of scenario, the same energy. So, so what happened where you were in that situation with your father trying to kill your mother? Like what, what was that all about? You know, God bless her um, and him because they've both passed, but he was highly addicted to drugs, he, um, a very handsome Hispanic man, and she was a very beautiful Polish woman. And I think it was just like arson, just they were always just always at it from what I understand. I blocked a lot of that out. I don't remember my dad around much. I just remember when he was around it wasn't pleasant. And I guess my, from what I understand from my siblings, I guess my mom was, cause we were sleeping at the time, the three younger ones um, wouldn't stop arguing with him. She's one of those that would keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And he took a big crystal ashtray and just kept beating her over the head with it. And literally hitting her over the head. Like it was actually hitting. Yeah. Split her skull wide open. So we woke up to the commotion and to him running through, grabbing stuff, leaving. And I walked out kind of fuzzy eyed and just like to see your mom, Indian style, crying, why me? Her head split wide open with blood. There are so many different perceptions that we can take, so many different uh, approaches as a child that we could do. You know, I typically would think that most children would break down crying. My mom, and it's interesting, I simply just calmly grabbed some toilet paper and walked over and started to, to dab the blood away from her head. And I said, it's going to be okay. And you were 10? You were 10 when that? Wow. So that's 
first inclination to me that I knew that I was a healer because yes, <laughs> I didn't have that typical response that my little brother had that we had to, you know, she's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you, you, sometimes you wonder whether, you know, like if you could go back like to the beginning of time, like how many people I have encountered that have had really uh, harsh domestic violence in their families and had the most traumatic experiences. They may, some of them didn't even come to see me about that, but they were addicted to something or they were sick or they were suffering. And we found out that came up and, and they were almost resistant and said, like, you know, this is not what I'm here for because you know what it's like as a hypnotherapist, we can release very quickly. But the fact is that, you know, when these people went back, some of them faced, and I know we're going to talk about this because you've got it in your program, about the forgiveness model. And it's, it's not just the forgiveness of others, but the forgiveness of self, which we'll go deep into. Um, and yet I know they struggled so much you know, how can I forgive my mother or my father or my, you know, the love of my life for doing that? But then, you know, it's a paradigm shift when you ask them a question. What if they didn't know what else to do? Yeah. What if they had not had or encountered the love, the nurturing and the support? Because you can't give away what you haven't got, right? And so it almost, it, it, it makes sense. And it's interesting, like I'm wondering with you, Felicity, if you were like, and I know you know how to quantum leap. So if your higher spirit, if that gracious, you know, goddess woman that you're leading other goddess women to be and to unleash went back to the place before her own ancestral lineage and before all time and was completely like immersed in golden light of just love and connection. I've got a question for you. Go ahead. You know, in that space of golden light before all time, before all experience and just wisdom, pure grace and wisdom when you look from way up above and you see the way your life rolled out and you almost allow your subconscious to see what happened in your parents life and then you look beyond to who you've become like who you are today as an author as a shamanic healer, as a high priestess, as a woman who is giving so much to other people because of your experience. Because you're the superhero in this movie, what has been the biggest learning for you, like going back in this light of love, looking at all those experiences, what do you reckon some of your biggest learnings have been? All right, let's blow them out of the water. I would I'm first ready. say it again. You're really going to contract me up for this life? <laughs> wow. Okay. 
All right, I'll take it. I'll take this. I'll take this cross. I got it. I got it because I truly do believe that I was contracted out for this. This is going to be a hard oh, yeah. task, girlfriend. But trust me, when you come out on the other end, you are going to be a master teacher to many. But stay humble. Yes. Beautiful. So this is like your superhero movie, right? And you're, you're way back here in your goddess woman of what you've created for other women and you are literally going, okay, is that what I have to conquer? Do I really have to go through all that crap? You're going to put me through that? Really? I signed up for this? Oh, my gosh. And then, and then it's a trust me. It'll be all worth it in the end. And that's... I'm, and I preach that all the time. And you yeah. had mentioned you know, about trauma and how it stores in our body. And I'm just going to tell you, Terry, you're 100% spot on. When I left my ex-husband, I was 220 pounds. Yeah. No. I love it. Look at you. You're like, what? I know. I, I have a picture floating around somewhere of, a, of that time of being suicidal huge yes i am 100 oh my god I, look you know this is all part of your program you do realize felicity this is the old me this is the new me this is what you can be yeah omg that's that what is we call myself of reinvention because tell me it melted the first 20 melted off within two or three weeks my sister looked at me and goes what the hell happened and i said i'm just walking and she goes keep it up that's, we, we put that on. That's our safety. That's our protection. So when you say when we're in our comfort zone and we're afraid and we are paralyzed to get that new job, to do that growth, it's comfort. That weight was protection and comforting to me. Yeah. Like alcohol and like drugs and like all the other things, you know, you know, something it's, it's really interesting because we as human beings, we do the darndest bloody things. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's almost like I'm hearing, I'm seeing this vision of you, right, because you are the woman of grace. You are in this situation where you've got this incredible program now that you've actually designed for other women. It's like a complete reinvention and a rebirth into the healing of sisterhood. And, you know, I, I just love the fact. And what I'm seeing is it's almost like I'm seeing you in this movie and that old self. I can't, I can't even believe it because this, this lady could, could be a Miss Universe, you know, the way she looks. But, you know, I'm seeing you on one side, uh, you know, that big woman trapped in all that uh, negative energy and, and everything else. And then I'm seeing this woman of grace with the, you know, the whole beautiful, you know, that, that sophistication and everything and the slender body strong. And, I'm, I'm hearing your sister asking what on earth happened and you saying I ditched the drunk from my trunk. I ditched it. Yep. All part of the process. I love it. I love it. So let's find out what you ditched. So 
I also am curious about something more recent uh, since we've been together as, you know, collaborating peers and everything else and we work together. We can, I always am a great believer that anyone that comes into my portal, they're, they're not clients. They become my peers. They are people that have got something that I don't and vice versa. So I'm very much a great believer and I know you've got something absolutely exponential to offer. Um, my question being is you had a pretty serious operation not long ago mm -hmm. and you had some pretty serious pain and it was really, you know, it was, I guess it was, look at another part that was holding you back from this huge upgrade. What do you reckon you were ditching as the last, you know, it's like the last thing, like I just need to get last, rid of this yeah. and before last. I'm going to launch my legacy? Yeah. It was like, it was, so I had my gallbladder taken out. Um, and it was funny because my therapist is like, your energy is different. And she's a shaman as well. And I'm, I'm, and she's like, you're glowing. And that right there, that little thing, whatever it is, I haven't seen it because I had stones in it, was holding on to so much hostility and anger and resentment. Yes, it needed to go. Yes. So I got pancreatitis. How? At, with the diet. I, it was bizarre. There, I am not a pancreatitis candidate. We have no idea how exactly, which then led you know, to. No, it's all emotional and spiritual. All exactly. the they reckon pancreatic is chaos. Oh, I believe it. My, yes. I, and then it connected to the liver. That, yes. And all that. Yes. Chaos is my life, though. But you have to think I'm juggling children, uh, business, a book. So I'm really learning to find balance now in this post gallbladder era. <laughs> but once it was gone, it was like this. That's the only way I can explain it is that. And that's where my next upgrade came. And that's that. Yes. The unconditional. And the, and the icing on the cake is that I'll tell this story briefly and I'll make it fast is when you can host a party for a hundred people that cannot stand you. Okay. With the expectation, I did it for love because I do love them. Um, but I didn't have an expectation in return. And that's when I, I was like, I did it. I won. I got it. I, I totally understand now. Why on earth would you host a party for a hundred people that don't like you? So I hosted my stepson's engagement party. I love my stepson. I love his soon to be wife. Um, my husband's family may not, they're, they're not fans of me. They, they're just not. That's all. And yeah, then I got it. Yeah, yeah. the ex-wife was involved. So you know, yeah. here I am a whole, hosting a, you know, a dinner, a feast for your enemies, per se. I did have some friends that did come to like me. And wow. um, I 
did it and I wrote a beautiful speech and I had that grace and my girlfriend pulled me aside and she says, I'm so proud of you. She goes, you are just floating on top right now. And I did it with out of my heart because I love, I love him and her so much, but they may not love me like that. And I'm okay with it. It's okay. You know, it, it brings me to back to something, you know, because it's interesting that we will have a concept or we'll hear something about someone else and we'll form an opinion and a judgment and then a feeling comes around, right? And that feeling causes all these emotions and then you see the person and then it's like, Ugh. But I now know where that principle of I see you for the first time comes from because imagine if we could just wipe the slate clean like what God has done and, you know, uh, forgiveness and for every single person so that I'm actually, what just came to me then as I'm saying it is that if you see your worst enemy for the first time and you just look at them like point blank, like they're just a human being that you can love on, that'll probably be the a bigger irritation <laughs> to them than if you had have felt like a, you know, all, all that pent up energy. So I'm going to move back to the story about you as a child, uh, obviously in that domestic violence family and then marrying the man who was abusive to you, I want to ask you again because I know that I didn't give you an opportunity to to answer, what did you fall in love with or what, what attracted you to him in the beginning? It was his personality. He was a comical, he has a comical personality. He's very witted, uh, quick witted and just, and just funny. And we could throw one liners back and forth to each other. So that was the first thing. But the second thing was I was going to repeat my mother's pattern. Yeah. So you were attracted to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so your logic, your logic, sort of fell for the the quick-witted, yeah. uh, one-liner uh, banter that you both had, mm-hmm. and then of course the energy. And they say that, you know, it's like the spiritual school of training. If you haven't yet learned a lesson, you've got to do it again until you keep, until you can learn the lesson. Um, what lesson did you learn from from him? Oh, I br- okay. So I learned so many lessons. I learned how to stand up for myself, how to, how to empower myself, how to break generational trauma, how to break generational trauma. I was the one. I was the one. The story stopped there when I walked out. That's called legacy work, my dear. legacy work so okay so I hear this so you had that gallbladder plucked out of your body and all the anger and resentment with it all gone Um, you also uh, now uh, married 
and remarried, should I say. Um, and, and two years ago, you were in Mexico. And that was, is this in your book, by the way? It is, yeah. Okay, can you, would you like to go into that sort of, because I always feel that there are landmarks in people's lives and, you know, I feel that this is something that did come up. So would you like to perhaps, I guess, speak about it, how you spoke in the book or just a little enlightenment to it? So our theme tonight is people are coming to our lives to teach us lessons. This is part of the contracts that we sign up for. So now my current husband came into my life who was 17 years older than me. Okay. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I've got the same, 17 years older. Yeah. Came into my life and I thought he was going to be a friend that turned into, it was slow growing. But so what is he going to teach me? So we're, we, we've been together for about five, six, seven, eight, eight years. I can't even, I don't even know how long, eight years, maybe. Um, And there's always been an underlying problem with uh, infidelity with him. However, he does not know how to hold himself accountable because when questioned, uh, his younger inner child comes out. So we see the eight-year-old come out and we skate around the topics and we could, talk, we could have a whole other podcast on this. So I've learned to now how to work with that when he does come out because there's a lot of, no, it's just child play. So we were. So this is this is an eight-year-old boy. So when he's obviously going through something, and you know a a lot of his shadow side comes out, he reverts back to the eight-year-old. I reckon, listeners, this is a great lesson for all of us because we all do the same thing. In fact, you know, the age of my husband, he reverts back to the three-year-old. Oh wow. And, you know, he he constantly is acting like a three-year-old. And honestly, I can say that uh, we just did a uh, another in-person training on public speaking and, and I went along with him and I know it was to help him communicate, but the teacher actually called, called it because if you listen to Ian, he's a very, very... He's a very smart man, he's a genius, but he mumbles and it's very hard to understand him and, you know, it's frustrating for me at a, a lot. It's frustrating because he, and, and the teacher says, you have a block in communication. Now, going back to that three-year-old, it was either a tantrum or he spoke apparently in 500 different ways of how to say oi. And the fact is that the whole family pandered to that and could understand his boy. So uh, he's kind of brought that through. So what happens? What What's happening for the eight-year-old boy for John? Exactly. His needs aren't being met. So it's fed through addictions, alcohol, drugs, and women. So he's got the whole kadoozle. So he's he's got a smorgasbord of uh, things. He does. He's clearly sober. Food we're working on. And women, I think, 
as he gets older, that's on him. And that's where we talk about detachment. So we're in Mexico, which is the birthplace of many of my lives. And it's home to me and that I feel safe and I feel loved. And um, there was a moment of potential unauthorized infidelity through alcohol induced that um, made me feel unsafe from the trip on. And I told him that I said, I, I'm, I don't feel safe with you. I still don't feel safe with you and we will not go back. So this is something that we're working on in our marriage. We are working on being transparent, being truthful. It's something that he struggles with. It may not be in him. And so one thing, the lesson that he came into my life to teach me is how to love from a detached viewpoint. And when you can have, I know it's so freeing. Oh my gosh, it is so freeing. I wish more people could tap into that energy because when you can love somebody unconditionally and still see them operating like a goofball and it not affect you, it's 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 like it's like cake. It's like icing. It's it is liberation. It is liberation. You know, Felicity, I think this is a really really good point because I know that I grew up with this, this innate faith inside me that no matter what my parents ever did, so this was my personal belief, whatever my sister ever did or however I ever felt, I would never turn my back on them. I would never be one of those, like, you know, you hear so many people that don't talk to their siblings or they don't talk to their parents. It was like it was just concrete, like rock. It would never it would it would never be any different but then why did i have a different opinion about men that i married i mean i've only been married to five i'm joking i've only two i like to say that just to you know pretend i'm elizabeth taylor but you know like how do you fall deeply madly in love with someone in the beginning unless you married them for another reason of course and then uh, find all these people totally uh, annihilating, annihilating each other in court, uh, you know, spending thousands of dollars of their life earnings to get to the other person, to rip off mm -hmm. the other person after being madly in love with each other. It's, it's a question that I would ask and the reason, I, I like your point here is because you have chosen to detach yourself from John and what he is doing in his, you know, in his sinful life. We're all sinners, right? Mm -hmm. So you've chosen to de detach yourself. Well, interestingly enough, I've done the same thing. Um, I didn't do it in my first marriage. Uh, because it was very different from me back then and I just thought I was in a very black hole, dark spot and I and and I just had to make a, a radical change in my entire life. But it was really the calling of God. And even when I went on to, Ian wanted to get married, I never wanted to marry again. Yes. I was happy to be in his presence because I felt safe and I, I liked being with him. But as far as I was concerned, 
I didn't ever want to marry again. Yes. I've already done that. I've been down that road. And why would I do that again? It was it was absolutely the most heart-wrenching thing I've ever done in my life to have had the first marriage break up. So why would I want to put myself or anyone through that again? That was just that's just totally stupid. So, you know, I have like yourself, you know, chosen to step aside and look at it as you know, this is how this person is. I married this person. We're supposed to marry for better or worse. And because I know what I know now, I just think to myself, well, I certainly don't want to get married again. <laughs> if anything happened here between us, and oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm sharing this, but I would never, ever, that's it. Thank In you. fact, I got asked a question, if you ever did, would you ever get married again? I said, I'd be a female monk. I when when I, first, yeah, when I first made the decision to, to marry Ian, I mean, his will was stronger than mine. And I remember asking a prophetic leader in a church one day, is it right for me to remarry? And that's how scrutinising I was being about the whole deal. And... She turned around because she was a very good prophet and she just put her hands up against her eyes and she said, I don't know, I don't know. You've just got to be very, very, very careful because you've got a massive calling on your life. And this is before I became who I, who I became. So now what happened, what ended up happening in Mexico for you in, you know, where you have not been able to return to that homeland since. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Um, you know, we come back home and I just am flooded with, as I continue to unpack and heal with my team of therapists, that it was not, first of all, Judd and I have been married in many other lifetimes. So this isn't our first rodeo together and that this isn't the first time that this has been done. So at what point is enough enough? You know what I mean? So, but I come back and start unpacking to only find that I've had lifetimes of pain and suffering from Mexico that needed to be healed. I had to put to rest about seven little girls and I have got a beautiful painting that's going to be the cover of my next book because they were the ones that are like, are we going to win? And what I mean by that is fast forward, I'm looking through some paperwork and I come across our prenuptial agreement after we purchased the home we live in together to find out that there's one clause in there that pulls me out of all ownership. And I brought it to his attention and it, and I do believe him. He's like, wow, I didn't realize that. And I said, neither did I. No wonder I fired my attorney. So after six months of battling this, because his attorney, I say he's a weenie. <laughs> I say oh he's a weenie. he says he's protective. I call him a weenie. 
after six months of battling this, the fem I, and, and all the girls were looking at me going, are we going to win this one? And I remember looking at them going, not looking at them, but I'm looking at them going, I, I got this. I got this. Are we going to win this time? Are we going to win? I got seven generations, seven lifetimes of girls going, are we going to win this one? And Terry, yesterday at 4 p.m., the feminine freaking won. Oh my gosh, yesterday at 4 p.m. What happened? We signed off on it. I am officially ownership of the home that we bought together, that we've invested our monies in together, that I've cleaned oh, in. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so the wow. feminine finally won this lifetime. And it was mm. by far one of the most empowering, beautiful moments. Yeah. As simple and silly as it sounds. She won. And there's seven other little girls that are saying thank you. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And it's interesting you talk about the the, the past lives. I talk about the, the ancestral and it's another podcast. Again, you'll have to come back on and we'll have to talk about it. Um, and I was just asking myself about, you know, our spirit is 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 a part of us that is infinite right it it just it's it's unbreakable unshakable it's you can't f with it it's uneffable <laughs> if you get what i mean um i know i'm allowed to say that on your podcast but i won't um but you know the fact is that seeing that we've got this infinite spirit you know uh where is you know if you believe in god and you believe in heaven what is heaven like is it uh, an upgrade uh you know are we coming are we coming back to actually is heaven a place where we've upgraded that that was my question but that's a whole podcast that uh, i agree it, it is though i believe it is an upgrade because thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and i have it in my backyard i do i i truly do believe it it's it's based on wow. an upgrade yeah. Well, we're going to have to come back to do that one. So watch, you know, listen out for that one, folks. Okay, so I am now keen to look at, like, obviously through everything you've been through and to have the kind of mindset that you have today. I mean, that in itself, the body, the way you look, the way you are. Uh, we'll have to make sure we have a picture so that people can see you. Uh, so, you know, they can understand how you've ditched. How many kilos did you ditch? Um, well, I'm about 114 pounds now, and I was about 220 when I left him. Ooh, so that's yeah. a lot of junk that yes. you ditched. Yeah. So, you know, you went through a complete spiritual, uh, com complete rejuvenation, like a rebirth. And that's what you're now bringing into your program so and and you're bringing that woman and what i've got it down here as is it's it's like you're bringing that woman through to walking on water like that gracious goddess woman who can go from trauma to walking on water mm -hmm. can you talk about what that means when you say that you're bringing 
the woman that's been through all the trauma and so at that real high point of when they come through your program because it's obviously you've got six powerful modules and you know at the point of when they're coming out on the other side they're they're the the woman of grace they've got they've come from trauma they've rebirthed themselves uh you do say you work with men as well is that right so you yeah, I will see men. Yeah. Yes, yes. Not much. Okay, like myself. So you guys, if you're listening, you're not going to miss out. Um, so what happens when they go from trauma to grace and walking on water? What do you mean by that? It, It's the process of peeling back the layers of the onion. So when we work together, we just start to peel back layer by layer what has gone through and and you know from experience when we unpack our trauma we typically will then release something and it's not uncommon for then people to have symptoms of releasal which can be in the forms of you know uh, vomiting or diarrhea or weight loss your, I mean, your guts hold on to it. And as the process continues, we walk down those paths of, of forgiveness, which is one of the last. Yeah. So, so you've got this. So that rebirth and that uh, coming back to wholeness, yeah. uh, you know, what does that mean for that woman? Like, obviously, she comes back to that place of remembrance into her wholeness and elevates uh, like she's transmuted from all the leeches that had been leeching onto her um, and and become this lady of justice. And, yeah. It's holding a party for 100 people that don't like you. It's, It's being able to detach yourself emotionally from the stories that other people have created about you. It's yes, because everybody has a story. Everybody's going to create a story. Think about it. Oh, that person, we we do that when we, when we operate in a toxic uh, vibration, we'll create stories. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we aren't in a toxic vibration, we do not create stories about people. We hold space Mm -hmm. for them and it's no place for me to judge. So when women reach that part of emotional freedom, that's where that graceful walking on water goddess like energy comes into play. And that is where we just, we just float across the room. That's it. We are just floating across the room with confidence mm-hmm. and poise in whatever aspect of your life it is. Because we aren't talking about you're going to become a millionaire, successful, you know, writer, author, coach, speaker. You could still be the uh, attorney that you are or stay-at-home mom or whatever it is that you're doing, but you're doing, you're operating your life completely different from a different emotional point of view, because that's mm-hmm. really what I'm doing is I'm helping my clients just flip that script completely. Yes. Now there's yeah. strategic decisions that need to be made 
you know, I had to walk away from my family. I am no contact with my family. Some of my clients are stuck at that point of where they can't make, that's a hard one. And I don't blame them, you know, um, to walk away if they're highly toxic and abusive, which mine are. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is apart from the fact that she's let go of so much, she's, you know, that has had the impact on her to obviously release excess kilos, stress, trauma. And, you know, when you talk about that woman of grace that can hold a party for 100 people that don't even like her and have that kind of poise about it, that's pretty special. And then the walking on water, I'm almost picking that up that she's very light, so she's moved into a wholesome sense of, you know, just this lightness you know, and, you know, obviously you are helping her because this is part of your module two. So this comes up in module four, and that is releasing the toxic cords and obviously cutting the contracts of all those ties that she'd had with those old patterns and systems. So that must be powerful. It is, you know, personally going through it and then watching and guiding clients go through it. I've got one client right now that's going through it at the age of 63. And I think it's just beautiful. At the age it of 63, never, she's doing it. Yes. It's wonderful. Yes. To, it's wonderful to see. Yes. And, and put a healthy boundary down. And yes. she'll probably finish up age regressing. She'll mm -hmm. probably end up looking, feeling younger as she's moving and shifting and getting rid of all of that. So you also, in Module 3, you've got the element of endorsing compassion and patience. So why is this so important to endorse that compassion and, and patience? I think we need, um, when we are going through a metamorphosis and a, and a transformational type of coaching or just release work, we need compassion to hold for ourselves and patience for ourselves because we may see the end goal in mind and it's not there yet. And so I wanted it like, come on, like now I'm ready. I'm ready. And God's like, nope, not yet. Not yet. We're going to yeah. give you a good, we're going to give you a good decade to do. I'm telling you, it's been like a decade of healing. Uh, give you a good decade to work on this. Um, but the compassion for ourselves is key because we need to learn to love ourselves again through all this, because we were never really shown love properly or given love properly. It's either been conditional or after an abusive situation mm, yeah and I and I feel too by having that compassion you know with yourself and and the patience it's there's a there's a sense of surrender around that which is really really powerful because when that person can come into that space of well this is this is how it is this is mm -hmm. this is my journey for my next upgrade there's a new uh, there's a new story, there's a new narrative, there's a new paradigm that shifts them into feeling 
the release before it's even happened. And that that's a change of vibration in itself, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, of course, module two, you've got the love, you know, I called it here, embracement and power of self-love. Uh, now, this is a big subject for a lot of people. And, in fact, somebody asked me the question last week, how do I love myself? So for that person who I'd recommend to listen to this, what would you say to them? What is, like... If you were listening to that question, how can I love myself? What would you say? I would say begin by just saying, I love you. 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 Get yourself some malavides and start repeating that. And then start writing down the reasons why you love yourself. I love myself because I managed to raise my son on my own. I love myself because I managed to juggle three jobs and build an empire. I love myself because of my strength and resiliency. I love myself because even through all of the trauma that I've been through, I still can hold space for other people going through the same thing. There's a humbleness with this. Or graciousness, yeah. But repeating I love you's enough, you're going to start to feel. In fact, we do in, in my one shamanic group, we'll repeat about 108 or 110 I love you's. You can feel it. You you feel it. You feel it. It is amazing to just start repeating I love you. I love you. I love you. And we are doing, yes, it's, it's beautiful. Mm. And of course, when they're held in your presence, and it's interesting when you've got that accountability, that it's far easier to do it when you've got that accountability, then sometimes, you know, starting out on your own. So that's why it's so important to have, you know, the right mentor, the right group, the right container, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can really have these you know, these beautiful teachings and be held accountable to not just uh, making the big change and transformation, but loving on yourself enough to be able to do that. And, of course, then module one is about the forgiveness of self. So after everything you've been through, Felicity, because I do happen to know that this is the one of the biggest breakthroughs anybody can possibly have. Why self, especially after everything you've been through? This is my uh, dumb moment. So I've forgiven and made peace with so many people, so many situations, so many memories. I can honestly say I love my ex-husband. I love him. I want nothing to do with him, but I love him and I wish him well. You know, I love my husband's family. I love him. I love my stepkids. And then I'm like, all right, that forgiveness part is there, but there's still something going on. I'm still hanging on to something. And I discovered that I hadn't forgiven myself. And then when you follow that thread, let's take it deeper. I was still holding myself hostage to 
to all those old stories. Because why? Because she isn't deserving of the life she's meant for. And I had to tell her, oh, sweetie, you got to put it to bed. We're not doing this again. <laughs> I'm tired. Put the book on the shelf. We are beautiful and graceful and thankful and grateful. And we no longer have to tell that story anymore. And I was just telling you pre-podcast because I'm in the process of writing my third book specifically around this, that at the age of 47, my training wheels, I got the chills, have finally come off. And I think of Tom Petty's song, Learning to Fly. And that set emotional freedom that I speak about, that I teach about, that I hope other people can tap into. Because when you can get to that, that, that place in your heart, because that's a heart-centered forgiveness, a heart-centered place of peace, You've mastered, you've mastered life. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Self-mastery right there, guys. This is huge. So, you know, I would say, now I know that you do this within group programs and do you also offer it so that they can consult with you privately too? Absolutely. Is there that option? Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely. Beautiful. So what we're going to do is we're going to make sure all the links are here so that this man or woman, because Felicity will work with you, we all are human beings after all, and men have been through a lot, you know, of personal disaster, trauma themselves in their own lives. And I know that there's not a person on this planet that doesn't need to forgive themselves and others and have the power of self-love and, you know, really be able to cut those toxic cords of what you are doing for, you know, with them to show them how they can create that life that they desire. And also I just left out the one last module which I feel is probably one that goes a little bit unnoticed, but it's very important, and that is the integration, the adjustment and integration of the process of all the healing. Do you want to just uh, close us down with this beautiful teaching? Just give yourself the, the space and the time to rest. Give yourself the space and the time to cry. Give yourself the space and the time to just be alone with yourself. Because when you are going through and shedding all of that and upgrading, you're going to cry. You're going to be tired. You're going to crave different foods. The foods you normally eat, you're not going to like anymore. You're going to have to learn a whole new person because you are going to be a new person. So you, it's all about space, just holding space for yourself. And, you know, if you are married, you just have to communicate that with your spouse, your significant other. You know, this is part of the process. My husband knows that, that I am an introvert at heart. But um, when I hunker down in my, my space, I, it's, there's a reason for that. 
Beautiful. I love that. And that is, you know, that is the conclusion of Felicity's phenomenal program and the focus in what she will help you to absolutely 100% propel yourself from any of the trauma and all of those elements that you're attracting back into your life. And you don't you don't have to, guys. You don't have to be caught up in this web. And, you know, just listening to some of these beautiful teachings, you know, from Felicity is, is really so I know this is going to be groundbreaking for a lot of people. And yet, you know, for you to take the next step now and just, just do it, just know that this is your time and yeah click the link is there any space place that you are contacted easily we'll we'll put your calendar also so they can book a call uh join uh, where will they find you predominantly is it uh, a website email or a social handle so it's um www.sheisumag.com you can find me on tiktok at the the midlife healing journey, midlife woman. I, I, I'm on TikTok. <laughs> well, I'll get the right TikTok to you. I don't know. I love TikTok. Yes. I'm almost at 20,000 people. And then, of course, I'm on Instagram at, with Felicity underscore Nicole. But um, sheisumag.com is where you'll find all and everything that you need to contact me for. And we are super excited because on 8-8 which was just two days ago, I signed the contract to go print and digital publication. So I am creating the first midlife woman's magazine for today's midlife woman, not Obama, but yes, not the ones from, you know, I remember seeing on my grandmother's <laughs> coffee table, but the today's midlife woman. Yes. Wow. Well, 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 well. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am just so incredibly blessed to have been on this podcast with you. Thank you so much for, you know, gifting us your story and the grace of, uh, you know, all of, you know, your experiences. Uh, and I really look forward to, to just uh, tuning in with you again. I know that we're going to be on a long journey together. So yeah. thank you, Felicity, so much. And I trust everyone has enjoyed this incredible, incredible teaching on the show today. Okay, so would you like to know how to take the next step? The next step is... You may want to bring your legacy onto my show. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to my show, make sure you do and tell it to your friends because we are always bringing some ingenious content every single week. But if you are ready to go really, really deep with your zone of genius, you can contact me so we can absolutely go through all of those teachings and trainings and high energy frequencies and put you right here on the red carpet where you can really expound your most powerful message. 
So how can you do that? You can reach me by my website or find the link in this chat. You can also go to my bio on social media and you will find me. And you can even find the podcast launching pad in my bio to click in to an appointment so you can come on this show and you will get all backstage grooming. You will get backstage. You'll be in a vortex where we will actually harness you in creating your message and your magic and your zone of genius and taking you through this beautiful formula and launching your service your legacy on this show and everybody watching is going to know everybody listening should i say is going to know that you are getting the best of the best in their field so keep watching keep sharing keep playing and remember if you are looking for a powerful transformation to live your legacy life I am just a click away. So go ahead and click in and I look forward to seeing you on the next program. See you soon.